previously on the Simply Human podcast. I came and found this thing called CrossFit and, and saw what I saw with it. And, and I saw this thing that was, was, that was, is arguably the greatest diagnostic for human movement that I've ever seen. It's episode 127 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can be, start living more like a human today. <laughs> On today's show, it is Aaron McKenzie... Wife of Brian, uh, like the life of Brian, that Monty Python movie. The wife of Brian, Aaron McKenzie. Let's not define women by who they're married to. It's a connection because we had Brian on the last well, show. But Aaron is a two-time Olympic yeah. gold medalist. The so, first ever Olympic yeah, gold medalist. It's more like uh, Brian is the wife of Aaron. <laughs> I wonder if like she probably could have been like, "You need to take my name," and he would have had to been like, "Okay," like I. Yep, I feel like if you've won two gold medals, you get to uh, <laughs> keep you get your to call the shots here. Yeah, um, and then it is humans being human. Another moderately funny edition with our friend from Canada, Stephanie, and we'll wrap up. Canada, oh, native land. Are you gonna make me sing the whole song? I was, oh. I was, <laughs> I was just sitting waiting. I, yeah, that was. You're laying out on me, and yeah. I was like, oh. oh. It's been two minutes singing it. <clears throat> Speaking, let's. Uh, I have a story about laying out on someone. Uh, one second, and then we'll wrap up with our simply human tip of the week. How are you, Rick? It was a nice recovery. You, uh, you started fishtailing uh, when you're doing your uh, your uh, written down spiel, and you messed it up, but you recovered nicely. You uh, got all four wheels back on the road. Come what on. do you know? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. My you probably crapped in your pants. No, you were startled a little bit. I I'm out in the garage. A bear. A bear popped out of the. If a if a bear had popped out of a, if, you know if a bear had popped out of the bushes, I would not be talking to you now. I would be passed out and dead because the bear would have killed me, uh, because I would have just passed out and peed on myself. Um, bear would have just laughed at you. Yes, uh, and coming up next week, uh, that'll do it for this edition of no coming up, <laughs> coming up next week. We talked to Kate Galliette, and we actually already interviewed her, and we ha- we talk mm-hmm. about the stress response, and we don't really get into. Like what happened to it's me? It's a really good episode, and we get like halfway through what we wanted to talk about. So yeah. we're gonna have her on back again very, very soon to finish our conversation. But yeah, but we talked never... about what happens when you get startled by animals. Yeah. Like Mark talks about a snake that he saw. Yeah, and I was like, huh. What about when you go to the movies and well, make believe in front of your face? And we didn't talk about that. Like we didn't mention like what was happening with me when, during that. But what happened to me just during the intro? My two, my wife let the beagles out. Who let the dogs out? Rick is what that uh, what that means. Mm. And my so my beagle. Mm-hmm. I have two beagles. Have we ever? I guess we've talked about my beagles before. Uh, yeah, Rudy and Fatty. No, Rudy's the fat one. So know. it's it's oh, okay. Roger and Fatty and that's right, Roger. And okay. Rudy is the fat one. He actually just had doggy liposuction done about a month ago. <laughs> And and what I mean by that is, oh gosh, he's about to step on that my, one. Seriously, like, how much did you pay for that one? Uh, it was like three hundred, which is way less than I thought it was going to be. This dog wow. is a, this dog is eleven, and eleven he, years old on its deathbed. No, give him liposuction. He's not on his deathbed. He's doing very good. He had a humongous fat tumor underneath his right arm his front arm he got it was it got so big that he it's couldn't a leg he couldn't it's leg he couldn't fit through the arm he couldn't fit through the doggy door it had gotten so big so i was like okay there's this balance between do i just let him ride this thing out it's not it doesn't seem yep. to be causing him any pain 
or do I have this thing removed? And I thought it was going to be in the thousands. If it had been in the thousands, it would have been like, okay, Rudy. I think get, we've had this conversation on the show before, we have, and I actually yeah. had it at work on Sunday okay. uh, during our pre-shift uh, briefing deal. Like, at what point do you cross the threshold from like responsible dog owner to sucker who's like supporting the veterinary like a uh, right. high price of veterinary care yeah and i was like man 200 is my limit and they're like 200 yeah. that's incredible i was like hey listen he's a dog i'll yeah. find another one what are you gonna so do so 300 was about the limit okay and and but it, so he's he looks great he he's he looks so skinny oh, yeah i'll bet i bet he looks terrific well it was i think i sent you the picture of this i mean they, they cut him it was like a, a foot long incision down his side it was horrible looking um the, the, you look at him and you think oh yeah, man you me that. yeah it's like he look he looks really skinny and then you look over at roger and roger's like a normal sized beagle and you're like oh no you're still really fat <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> it's like roger hangs out with rudy uh so that everyone looks at roger and is like oh man look how terrific Golly. shape he's in kind of like you know, uh, strategy for uh, apparently some women is to go out with uh, much, much, much less attractive women so they look great by comparison. Yeah. We've always heard that. Yeah. That's uh, what Roger's strategy is. Yeah, it is. And it's working for him. And it feels like Rudy's like half of his body is shaved. So he looks like a punk rocker with his like uh, big mohawk. It's uh, it's pretty bad. Dogs. Um, so at the beginning of Crosstalk, I normally say, how are you, Rick? You didn't answer that question. So how are you, Rick? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? It's the same answer I give you, I think, every week. I'm good. How are you? Mark? I'm great. Thanks for asking. How are you? Do you ever, we keep a, do you ever get into that cycle? Has that ever happened yes. to you? Like if like my natural inclination, uh, I, I'm like Andy Sipowitz. When I greet someone, typically my greeting is, how's it going? Okay. So if they beat how's me it to it yeah. and they say, hey, Rick, what's up? Or, or right. like, I don't know. Like, how would that work? Like, uh, like they say... Uh, like, oh, I'm doing real good. How are you? I'm like, yeah, hey, good. How's it going? I'm like, yeah. I just, same. It's the same. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> ask that because I really care about how's it going. I just, that's what it's I just say. A, that's yeah, see, and that's, that is the, it's like the greeting version of the HBD as you like mm. drive by someone's house. You just get so used to the saying the things. So you get into either the, there's a cycle where you'll well, say. What's even worse is like, I say that at work. <laughs> like I, someone will call because there's like a knife sticking out of their chest. I'm like, Jeez. hey, how's it going? Oh, wait. Oh, never mind. That's going pretty bad. Yeah. Well, uh, I remember I was at a funeral. I was at a funeral once, and you, like, go through, like, the line at the end of the funeral and, like, hug the family, and you don't really ever know what to say, and it's always awkward. So I think I said, like, something to the effect of, like, how are you or something, and she was like, like the grandma or something was like, I'm not doing well. And I was like, oh, of course. I'm sorry. I, that was a terrible question. I inadvertently gave a uh, have a good one at the funeral line once. Uh, oh. you, uh, these people that you know, Cliff, uh, Cliff and Tyson, when their dad, it's oh, two guys that yeah. we grew up with, their father passed away yep. uh, rather unexpectedly. He was pretty young, too. He was like in his early 50s. Yeah. Seemed like he was in good shape. Yeah. Uh, his sons were around Mark, Mark and I's age. They went to church with us. And so we all go to this funeral and we're doing like the, you know, handshake line at the end. And I was like, all right, well, have a good one. I mean, uh, it was so nervous and it was uh, Tyson and he kind of chuckled. He's like, yeah, I got you. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to actually go have a good night. Oh God. Well, whenever, uh, I, I just wanted to crawl into the hole in the ground that was already there. I have a uh, memory from that funeral as well. It's kind of weird. We've never, oh, yeah, we've, I have one too. We've never, I think ta- it's the same one we're about to have together. We've, well, no, no, no. We've never talked about this. Um, and this isn't like a big deal, but I remember the other brother, I said, 
hey, so sorry, man. And I remember like being so shocked at his answer. He just said, Halen's out here. So I'm, he just said, S happens. That was like his response. And I was like, wow. yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, sink. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it's the friend of ours that showed up with pink hair at the, uh, <laughs> at oh, the funeral. Do you remember gosh, that? Yes. Yeah, me and you and Jackson used to like crack on that nonstop. That used to be a pretty uh, commonly made joke. Oh, man. I haven't thought it's about like that. It's like an 11-year-old girl shows up at this church with like bright pink hair. And oh, we're like, hey, God. way to go. Why don't you just go up there and start kicking the coffin? <laughs> so kicking the coffin became yes, a pretty Yes, yes. Oh, man. Months. Oh, my gosh. I haven't. I'd God, forgotten about that. I know. We said that a ton. Nervous funeral talk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, memory lane. Well, okay, so you either get in the, uh, the cycle of, hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Pretty good, how are you? Yeah, then you just like, and then it's, you know, it becomes very awkward before anybody knows. Or you answer the wrong question. Like somebody will say, what's up? And you say, pretty good. Or they'll say like, or they'll say like, how's it going? And you'll say like, not much. Like it's always. We all need to adopt the idea of like the Hawaiian, like aloha. Yes. So there's no variation. Right. It's just when you see someone, you say aloha, and you say aloha back. So there's no chance that you could get your – because it's very blatantly obvious when someone asks, hey, how's it going? And you give like the wrong response. Like it's very obvious. You're not yeah. listening to what they're saying. Right. It's okay. awkward for everybody. Yeah. Okay. So I, I mentioned greeting talk. We had that because I there's something that I did one time. Uh, at church that I had forgotten about, and I, I almost I, get your face punched in by that guy who was arguing with you over the choir stuff. <laughs> no, no. Um, so this is when <laughs> we went when we were in college, Rick. You remember the church Beltway? Was that a thing when you were in, in ACU? Mm. I don't think well, it, it was. It was right no. at, towards the end of our time there. This new church opened. Back and, when I totally gave up on going to church and I yeah. just got drunk instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that, during that era. Um, there was this new big church, and it was like all the college kids went there. So when – so our I last, think I've heard of it, though, yeah. like from people that were slightly younger than us. Yeah, so, yeah. so our last like couple of years in school, like we would go with our friends to this church. Well, then – when we graduated, all of our friends left like normal people do when they graduate from a school in Abilene. Yeah, you got sucked into. Yeah, so so we get. Yes, yeah, so it's nice. It's nice. So we are like <laughs> all of our friends are gone. Like the next Saturday, Sunday after you know graduation, it's just us sitting in the section and like we don't know anybody. Like, but you and Jen, you talking about? Yeah. Okay. And so I remember, like, after about a month of this, like, sometime that summer, I was kind of like, I don't, you know, like, we didn't know anybody here. Like, I, I didn't really feel like I had any friends when I would go to church. It was just kind of, and of course, I wasn't trying. That's a whole separate issue about people that complain about not knowing people when they don't ever try to know anyone. But that's a different topic. So I remember I was sitting, you know, they have the, uh, okay, stand, uh, members, please stand, and we're going to greet the people that are God, sitting. That is the worst, yeah, by the way. Yeah, this the meet and greet. Like, is that, do lots of churches do that, or is that just we, a, we don't do know, it. kind of the, Southern Church of Christ thing? Yeah, okay, well, so we don't do it at anymore. the table, a lot of churches, they will have, near the beginning, they will have the members of the church stand up to greet the visitors. Well, they know the visitors, who they are, because they're sitting down. And right. it's always awkward if you're the people sitting down <laughs> – because you're like, oh, God, I just want to be left alone here. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, one one tactic of that is to just stand up. Yes, I will do that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, I've been going there for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, usually, we usually sit over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so this is like the meet and greet time at this church. We don't know anybody. I'm kind of, I'm, and I'm sitting there as he's saying, all right, well, the uh, if, well, now here's what we're going to do. As he's doing that little speech, I in my head, I'm thinking, no one here knows me. No one here, here is going to remember me. I could say my name is anything. I could say my name was John, and no one would care. And right at that moment, 
this lady turns in her chair and like sees the two people sitting there and she says, Oh, I'm, you know, Carol or whatever her name was. And I said, hi, I'm John. I, I mean, I mean, Mark. And she was looking at me like, well, which is it? Uh, crazy person who doesn't know. Of course. And of course, Jen is look. I look over at Jen and she's looking at me like, what is your name? Like, uh, great. I just married, I just married this guy and it, and it comes out at Sunday morning church that he's like, not who he says he is. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, so John. Yeah, I was like, no, my name's Mark. It's like, no, like, I, I don't. John's not in my name. I have no one in my family named John. Like, she was probably like, did you mean John Mark? Like, no, it's my name's Mark. I have no clue why I said my name was John. I'm really sorry. Uh, this is very awkward. It's you know, she just kind of like turned around, like, okay. <laughs> so, have you ever introduced yourself as the wrong as the wrong name? <laughs> No, can't say that I ever have done that. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty uh, common answer, I would think. I think I may be the only person yes, on I earth. I think you might be one of the few who's ever, on accident, uh, said the wrong name. All right. Well, mm. that's a. Hmm, Sorry. That's a. I've had. Okay. Uh, go to <laughs> go to the website simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Uh, also, uh, email us simplyhumanlifestyle at. Wait, simplyhumanlifestyle.com is the website. Simplyhumanlifestyle at, at gmail.com is your the email. email address. Mine is simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. Yeah. Man, you are just having a heck of a show today. <laughs> we had we had someone email. You're really knocking it out of the park. We had a really funny email. Uh, I'm going to play a voicemail, too, uh, that we got in and, and crosstalk. But we got a really funny email from a guy. He was like, hey, listen, every week, uh, I like the shorts. Y'all need to do more shorts because you seem to talk more and it's not just poop or something and i wrote him back and i was like hey cool thanks for the email uh give us a topic we'll do some more shorts so if you have any shorts topics yeah, that's the thing like, like we haven't done a simple human shorts in forever like that's completely driven by you yeah. the human like if there's something like hey I, you guys started talking about uh you know this part of nutrition or this part of this the other day can you expound right, upon right, that? Right, well, right. that's what the shorts is for yes like uh we'll talk about stuff like that in the shorts but otherwise we're just kind of we'll, we'll go on whatever our guest, whoever, whatever guest we're having, or yeah. whatever we feel like talking about. So, yeah. if you have a topic you want covered in the shorts, please, you will be more than happy to record something. So, this email says, "Guys, it's Robert D. Rayford from the John Boy and Billy Show." I said Paul Harvey about the felching thing, <laughs> and I knew that. I just, I don't know why I said, uh, you know, just two radio uh, personalities. Okay, yeah, that, I was going to say that didn't sound like uh, Paul Harvey. Yeah, yeah. So that was my. And fault. I, I've, I've listened to the John Boy and Billy Show, although it was like twenty years ago. Yeah, I used uh, to listen. So, to that okay. Too. So anyway, okay, um, you can go to the store page. We have a Donate Now button there and on the uh, show notes if you are inclined to throw a, a few dollars our way if you think what we're doing has any value. Uh, we would love for you to do that. Like us on Facebook. Go to Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, at SimplyHuman52. I'm also on Snapchat, at SimplyHuman52. Hmm. I just started that. It's lots of fun. Uh, I just I follow like my brother is the Sounds only like person. Sounds like it's a good way to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and then Rick is. I it, thought he was fifteen. <laughs> and then at R Bentley B E N T L E Y three zero three two is Rick's Periscope, and he's a big liar and he doesn't ever do. I'll periscopes. do another one at some point. I right. promise. I'll come up with some stories to tell. All right. Was, so the last one was slacking. Let, let's get to our interview with Erin McKenzie. We talked to her about her birthday, which is really funny. Uh, gold medals. Volume and Repetition, Malcolm Gladwell's Mistake, The Master Adapters, Finding a Workout Plan, Sustainable Movement, Competition, and Playing with Dogs. Here's Eric. We've had a lot of 
heavy hitters, a lot of uh, you know very famous people on the Simply Human podcast. We have never had a two-time Olympic, not just an Olympic medalist, which is, would be cool enough if you got bronze twice. That's pretty amazing. This is a two-time Olympic gold medalist, Aaron McKenzie. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we like we like uh, we like gold. Yeah, and it's <laughs> we like, like to keep it shiny. Yeah, I, I can't like, and once you do that, like, there's a guy. Uh, he's an uh, an alum of the university that I I went to and and now work for, um, and he won a gold medal in 1960 in Rome, and he won well, you know rad. just one gold medal. And he, I mean, that's his, I mean, for his whole life, he's, that's his, he, everyone knows him as Earl Young, the 1960 gold medal, you know, like it's such a cool, it's like if you win the Masters or something, you can win the Masters one time and you're always like the 19 whatever Masters champion. Like it's yeah. just such a like prestigious, awesome thing. Uh, well, hold on, Rick just texted me. Oh, okay. is he alive? I think Rick is alive, everyone. We were wondering where he is. So let me see if I can... Uh, Add Rick to the call here, and then we'll do the whole birthday guessing thing, and we'll just keep the we'll just keep it recording. This is it's not live radio, but we're gonna pretend like it's live radio. How about that? Okay. It's even better. One one shoot. That's Brian and my rule. <laughs> Never cut. Right. Yep. All right. Here we go. Let's see if this works. He's he may not know that I've already started, so he's gonna probably come on with like a cuss word or something. <laughs> now my phone is dumping text to me. Oh, he okay. We'll worry about him later. Okay, so we'll we'll just start with this, and this is we did the same thing with Brian. If anyone is wondering, Brian McKenzie was on episode one hundred and twenty-six, which came out. Uh, we're recording on a Monday, and it came out today. I haven't finished it yet, so just uh, it'll be there. Um, and then Aaron is Brian's wife. How about that? So, and we made the joke well, last week about how you know he's such a. Uh, uh, you know, water guy, you know, and how fitting that he married a rower. And so if anyone's wondering, uh, Rick, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Okay. Sorry about that. Aaron won. Hey, Rick. Yeah, there he is. Hi, Aaron. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so, you for joining us. So we, yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> so we have started, obviously, Rick. Um, but let's, let's, we're going to guess your birthday after mm. you tell us uh, a little bit about those gold medals that we were talking about. And Rick thought, you know, it's, it's the women's eight the event and Rick actually thought that you were a competitive eater, but I had to explain to him that it was <laughs> that it wasn't. I did not. That is not true. Wasn't, it's not A T E eight. It's it's the number eight. So I think te- Mark. I think we should guess the birthdays before we go into that because the birthday thing is such an abrupt like halt right, okay. to conversation. So okay. we can uh, let's get this out of the way okay. first. I think that's the pattern. Oh, and that, now here's here's how this is going to work. It's going to be a little bit different, Rick. Okay. Okay. We're, I want you to guess the the number. So if it's like if you're going to guess January one, I want you to say one. One. Okay. Oh gosh, you're just setting him up for. That's what I want. Okay. Awkwardness. Yeah, well, okay. obviously, it's six nine. Dang it! Ninth, right? Dang it! Come on, <laughs> Mark. Yep. You telegraphed that from like a mile away. <laughs> uh... Hey, Rick, pick a two-digit number. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Been picking the same one for thirty years. So, all right. Oh, she got me. So I told I told Aaron <laughs> like. Surprise this guy. Yeah. yeah before, <laughs> well, I'm also like the worst prankster of all time. Like, yes. I just. Well, I told Rick. I told Aaron. Coming from a mile away. Yeah. I told I told Aaron before you know we started recording. I was like, all right, yeah, we're gonna guess your birthday, but I'm gonna I know your birthday, but just pretend like I got it right and. That it just was a, is just a total. Why don't you drink up? We'll tell you. It was the worst. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. Sure. Well, 
Do Happy not. birthday in uh, just a few weeks. Yeah. So. Oh, thanks. She's a cancer, as I am. We share the cancer uh, No, together. Gemini. Are you? Well, <laughs> hold on. Man, Mark sounded so sure of himself. No, no, no. Like, no. Well, hold on. When does cancer? She is a cancer. Oh, wait, hold on. But I could be. I mean, I, I, who knows? When does, not... Where's the cutoff? I thought all June was cancer, but is it like after June 21 is cancer or something? I don't know. I've been I... told I am... Rick, look that up for us. I, I've always... Yeah, maybe fact, open up the Wikipedia page. Check? Yeah, because yeah. I've always said, like, man, like, when I've realized that I was... Well, maybe I'm not cancer. I've always, I was like, oh, great, I'm cancer. Like, perfect. Uh, <laughs> See? There's hope yet. Yeah. Well, what, this has been... When's gr- your birthday? My birthday is June 26th, and Rick's is leap year. Oh. Rick's is leap day. It's oh, February 26th. so you're, like, five years old. He's nine. Yes. Yeah, he's nine. nine. He's nine birthdays um, old. Yeah. He just wow. had his ninth. It was so exciting for me because it only happens every four years. It's like the okay. Olympics. It's like the Olympics. Actually, uh, that's how when I was a kid, I would remember when the Olympics were happening. This is before they split the summer and the winter because I knew that like, okay, this is my birthday year. So we have Olympics this year. This was great. <laughs> that's so, awesome. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. But yeah. So speaking, the of, Olympics. speaking of the Olympics, back to, <laughs> back to what hey, we were talking about. See, that's why we got to do the birthday yeah. thing first because we can just – a bunch of smooth segues because we are professional uh, narrow casters. Broadcasters. Yep. Yeah, she's like checking her watch like, when does <laughs> this end? You um, guys are entertaining yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right, so tell us about your Olympic golds. Oh, um, well, they're in a gun safe oh, right now. Wow, with other guns, <laughs> is- I imagine. Um, yeah. You mean you don't like wear them to the grocery store? Because <laughs> no. that's what I would do. If I had some gold medals, I would just wear those things everywhere. See, that's what everybody says. I don't think, uh, you know, <laughs> I, it's really, it's, um, it's a cool thing to, you know, have on your resume, if you will. Have on your neck. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it really only, is, it was obviously pretty darn exciting when they put it around your neck and then it just like plopped on to your belly. I mean, it's a long, <laughs> a long, um, ribbon. ribbon. Yeah. And so, um, that, that's a good feeling. Um, but besides that, the only time it, it really, like I get that feeling again is when I share it with other people, um, right. who've never seen it before or, you know, get super excited or inspired to, to be in the presence of one. And they don't really care too much about I mean, yes, they, they want to have a conversation with me, but it's really more of like, oh, hey, can you get in this picture with me and, and the gold medal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which I wouldn't have any other way, you know? Like, yeah. I, I think rowing is one of those sports that's kind of like the, um, and nobody really thinks about it except for every four years. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that's actually the, the type of people that are um, attracted to the sport, too, is people that don't really want to be in the limelight, but they like to... Yeah work um they like to suffer and they like to you know have a have a long-term goal um that they can achieve and it's not about <clears throat> any fame or glory really yeah. but yeah so for the, for now i mean like where i get my and giggles for having gold medals is when i get to share it with other people yeah that's really interesting that you like almost as if rowing is more of like a pure like Olympic sport, pure competition, because you're not, you know, you can, you're not uh, doing it for the fame. You're not doing it for the money. You're literally just doing it for the love of competing in that particular event. Totally. And I mean, that's the true like amateur 
the yeah. amateurism of um, that they they try to keep you know with the Olympics um, and and it really does make a difference. Uh, there's um, the GB, so uh, Great Britain. Mm-hmm. The rowing is a huge sport over there, and they actually are supported by the UK lottery. So like oh California gosh. lottery, yeah. So they they hmm. do pretty darn well for themselves, and it's it's a career. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, and the women, I mean, they they've always had a had a pretty darn successful run at it. But the women, I was good friends with one of the girls on the on the women's side, and they're just like, "What the hell are you guys doing? Like, why why can you keep beating? Like, why do you keep beating us? We have so many more resources, and you uh, know, uh, you need to, Will you please uh, say that again, but in an English accent this time? Good day, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wait, hang on. <laughs> I think there would be a lot more um, governor cuss words, cuss words thrown in. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's when we would cue in Brian. Yes. Well, I, so, hold on. Is is rowing? I said okay. Like gymnastics, for instance, is like okay. You're really good at gymnastics. So you're gonna do gymnastics. Is rowing like okay? Like you, you're a really good rower when you're four, or like they just put like the best no. athletes in the boat kind of a deal like like with yeah. Yeah, Mark, there's a lot of four-year-olds rowing around everywhere well, that's like, a, oh no that's no, the one in right europe there. in europe there is Thank like you. it's, it's kind of trippy oh, well, hmm. like me. they they put on like <laughs> these big um you know sometimes they just put them out in the big boat and the kids will flip every now and then and just make sure that you know they flip they back up floaties yeah. on or something <laughs> yeah. i don't i mean i think they're around seven or eight we we used to do training trips on the the Rhine, um, you know, in Germany, the and there yeah. was little kids all over the place. They were just flipping, having fun, you know, getting in the water, getting out. And um, but over in the U.S., really, the youngest—I uh, think they start—is in high school, and it's still even not that, not too popular, especially on the West Coast. But um, most of the time, a lot of people start in college. Yeah. Well, what what would you? Um I guess what's the what's the thing that's most similar as far as a cardiovascular or just an extra overall exercise because it's not anything like because rowing like sucks if you don't like <laughs> if you do it like and, and like I've got a concept two rower and I I did a rowing conditioning deal this afternoon in my in my driveway with my shirt off nice and you own a a rowing machine you know how much I paid for it. Those things are expensive. Zero dollars. Man, that's the deal right there. Yeah. We have one at work, and we uh, we started integrating that. Like, we, I'm a police officer, Aaron, and uh-huh. once a year we have to take a, a PT test. And you can either take the Cooper test, the mile and a half, the push-ups, the sit-ups, yada, yada, or you can do the rowing. And this last year I did the rowing, uh, the Concept2 rower, and I did a lot of training leading up to that. And my uh, it's horrible. My boss, actually, add that to the brag montage, my <laughs> boss is like super, super, super fit guy. And has actually like all around his office, he has like these things printed out from Concept Two that are like, "This is the day you literally rode a marathon. This is another oh, marathon. Yeah. He's rode a million meters, and it's like God oh, Almighty, wow. like, th- like, and that's the thing, like that thing will whip you, yeah. like bad oh, yeah. if you so, don't know what you're doing. Like if you're form, and also like with if you're form, like there's a whole form yeah. thing to pay attention to. Like that's supposedly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure once you get to down to your like millionth meter, you're like, oh god, just kill me now. You're just trying to yeah. get across as much as you can. But well, what would like, you compare uh, it? What would you compare it to? Is there any comparable activity? 
I mean, I really think it's it's like running or what um, you know what we call it is as a monostructural activity, and that's just like a mm. singular motion, you know, that you repeat over time and time again. Yeah. So that's kind of how you know Brian, um, my now husband, what you know started was able to to coach me. Um, we were not dating when he was coaching me, but <laughs> I was. It's amazing. Just, just FYI, it's amazing <laughs> that y'all got that married. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, he's really good and, um, you know, relating everything to everything really. <laughs> and so I think, uh, running, um, I don't know, cross country skiing, my only yeah. real exposure to it is, um, concept two, the, the ones that created that the rowing machine have mm. now created another hellacious, amazing advice, uh, the Nordic device track. called the, the Nordic the skier. Track. Oh no, it's not the Nordic track. No, from the, uh, no. From the oh, 90s? The skier, it's a little more functional than the, <laughs> in the uh, Nordic track. But it's still, it's, it's I would say, harder than the Ooh. rowing machine just Ooh. because people yeah. will are just so tempted to pull um, rather than use their body weight on yeah. it. But, yeah, no, I just think any of those monostructural, you know, one uh, movement repeated over and over again, a lot of people just – get injured because they, you know, it's, it's like lifting a 10 pound weight, um, well actually for rowing, it's like, you know, 20 to, to 40 or 50 pounds. But, um, and with running, it's your body weight and you're like, Oh, I can do this for a little bit. But if you lift that 10 pound weight the wrong way so many times, something's going to get messed up, you know? And so they, they just don't, um, pay attention as much to, uh, the correct form or how you would, you know, do it without injuring yourself as you would if you were to, you know, lift, deadlift or, right. you know, do a clean. People are like, show me how to do this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, do you and Brian have like a concept to indoor like tandem rower where y'all both can sit? <laughs> and like maybe he like, he like wraps his legs around you like a, uh, like a oh, ghost. Stop. And then y'all do. So, uh... <laughs> Funny story, but oh, yes. Brian can't last on on the concept too. For he's he's a sprinter, like, yeah. and that's that's like the amazing thing about him is like he, you know, his claim to fame is uh, running uh, marathon, like ultra distance marathons and hundred milers and everything. Yeah. But he is a sprinter through and through. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it's it's not too it's not too fun. So to you can wipe. So you can wipe the floor with Brian, is what you're saying on a rower. You it can... depends how long. Okay, if okay. it's a short one, then he then he'll he'll take me all day. But that hey, is... Aaron, you've got two gold medals. I think you can go ahead and just say, "Yep, I'll yeah. smoke them day or night, anytime." Yeah. Drunk or <laughs> sober? Yeah, I could I could be piss drunk and still still beat him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So awesome. So so your background now? Okay, your last gold medal was 2012 which mm-hmm. was, my uh, calculations are correct, four years ago. Uh, I, you, are you competing in the, the Rio games? Is that, uh, is that a dumb question? Should I know that? No, it's not a dumb question. <laughs> I, um, I do my best to be somewhat mysterious on, on the internets. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I'm not competing okay. this time around. I, I had a little midnight rendezvous coming back oh. last year to help a teammate with national trials, but yeah, I, um, I think that, that ship has sailed. Ha, and, pun uh, intended. 
Shit. Yes, exactly. Pun Water. intended. And <laughs> I want to, uh, I want to move forward rather than go back, yeah. <laughs> go backwards to, you know, be super cheesy. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it w- was, and is a great sport and you learn a lot about yourself and just learning how to be in a situation um, and continue, even when you're in a lot of pain or things aren't going well, you just, you can't stop. And, um, you know, I think that applies to a lot of things in yeah. life. It's just, you just keep going. Um, and sometimes it actually works out pretty darn well. Yeah. So what, what's next for you? Like, what have you been doing since uh, 2012? Oh, a little bit of everything. Um, so I got into coaching pretty intensely. I, I started coaching over at San Francisco CrossFit. Um, I've been there. With my I've, I've buddy worked, Kelly. I've worked out there. Kelly is a two-time guest on the podcast. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. He's um, probably was the entertainer of the of the year. We had a we had a good time. We the conversation derailed into erections toward the end. So I just uh, listened to this one yesterday and I was like, man, a lot. Yeah. Oh doing? man. It was crazy. That doesn't surprise me one bit. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, so he um he was actually my mentor and, you know, my other big brother um during my whole career. I met him in 2007 and um, you know, he helped me a lot. Um, you know, with movement, but also just getting the right mindset for everything. So I um, went back there after I retired, started coaching a little bit over there. Um, I was traveling around a lot for Concept 2, coaching other coaches on on the rowing machine. So mostly in CrossFits. Um, But then I went and a couple of my old teammates from 2012 came to me and they kept on getting injured and, you know, were like, what did you do? How did you, you're, you know, you're short and undersized. And I, I had a, I was notorious for getting injured and then coming back stronger. Um, so they came out and trained with us for a while. So then that they went back uh, last year. So for this past year, I've actually been helping Brian with um, CrossFit Endurance, now Power Speed Endurance, yes. and um, almost combining our, our brain childs <laughs> together <laughs> of, you know, he has the, the running and endurance and, and more than anything, a movement, functional movement, um, you know, background, and I have the experience, um, you know, firsthand experience. And I want to bring this functional movement into more rowers lives, but also, you know, correct rowing into, into the functional fitness world, um, and make it, you know, just help people appreciate the movement a little bit more. And, you know, you can still hate it. I still hate it, (laughs) but love to hate it, you know? So, yeah. So what you you mentioned the movement. So talk about that. What are some of the things that you think the movement has right? And then maybe we'll talk about some of the things that you think maybe could be improved in that movement. Of the, the rowing stroke? Or or no, just of like this, this, or well, what I was thinking you were, were referring to, and you may have been, is just like this movement of, functional movement and people wanting to kind of understanding uh, how their bodies are, are not supposed to be, you know, with the whole desk bound thing that just, the, the book just came out and all that. Like, um, yeah. let's talk, let's talk a little bit about that. What are your thoughts on, on that and what people, uh, you know, are, are getting right. And, and the, you know, cause there's a lot of concepts out there that, 
that are myths or that you know are hurting people. Um, and and so let's yeah, I don't know, break down the movement and let's uh, let's just talk about that for a few minutes. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, just a obviously non sequitur. I am married yeah. to Brian, and then also Kelly is um, my <laughs> one of my closest friends. So. I I do agree with a lot of what they are saying and what they, you know, are so good at putting out on and sharing with people um, either through their books or the social media. But where I have found this in the practical application, you know, in my, um, you know, professional uh, career of being an athlete is that a lot of people, you know, it's, it's volume and repetition is still the number one um, way to coach, especially in, in these endurance sports. They say, you know, you need this 10,000 hours in order to be proficient in um, something. And actually, uh, Tim Ferriss put out this really good article. Love well, he referred Ferris. to it in Salon. Um, I think it's like an online magazine. But it's basically how mm-hmm. Malcolm Gladwell completely misinterpreted the study of the 10,000 huh. hours. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that works if you're like the Beatles or a band, but it doesn't necessarily <laughs> yeah, work. Yeah, but even there, they were talking about, they used that example of that, of like, okay, well, it, it really is a big difference of just repeating, you know, the same motion over and over again or having a very focused practice and, you know, having understanding what your what your goal is and what the actual ideal movement is so with rowing for instance or even for running a lot of people are like oh you know in order to row a marathon or to run a marathon you just need to row or run more right um and that is a way to get to practice (laughs) to get the repetition in but you know as your body breaks down and if you haven't earned the right to to do that, you know, volume of movement, your body will break down and you're going to pick up these little inefficiencies and tweaks. Um, you know, one shoulder is going to be up, your, you know, hip flexors are going to get super tight. Your knees are going to buckle all these things. Your body is like, we as humans are master adapters. And so of course it's like, no, don't stop. I'm just going to adapt and, you know, I'm going to have this limp. And keep on going another, like, 20 miles. Which is great for survival, like, if you need to get away from a tiger, but it's not great for long-term sustainable health. For sure, exactly. And all of this being said, I am the biggest knucklehead out there. (laughs) And I have done all of this, exactly what I'm saying, and I, but I'm here to say... I have two gold medals, so screw you, and you flip double birds to everybody. Is that kind of what yeah. When we had Brian on, uh, we, we had our conversation with him last week. Uh, we started getting into some of this. Uh, Mark has done some Ironmans. I've done a marathon. And uh, we talked about how you know, kind of some of the same things you're, you're touching on now that, hey, the idea if you want to go out and run at this great distance, 26.2 miles, you don't need to go run 26.2 miles a whole bunch of times. You need to focus more on strength. You don't need to focus on just slogging all these you know, long Slow, terrible miles. You need to, you know, probably better off working on, you know, uh, adding some some muscle to your frame. But something you said that, that just then was very, very interesting to me. You said, if you have earned the right to do this, like uh, this this massive event, and I've never really thought of it that way. But like, uh, you really do have to like 
these events, and I, I don't want to offend anybody here, and I, I'm in the same group that I, uh, of people that I'm about to kind of malign. Like these longer <laughs> distance events, these marathons and stuff like this, this is not like for everybody. It's not mm-hmm. for me. I probably won't ever do it again. I just wanted to cross off a list, which is kind of selfish of me, but like I didn't really earn the right to do that. I did it, but like I, I don't know. Does that make any sense? Like it's, it's a lot different uh, when you have to go out and and kind of the way you said that you uh, to earn the right to compete in something like that. Yeah, and and I also think it's really about what what you want out of it. Like if you want health and longevity and like you know just to be an all around awesome human for the rest of your life and be able yeah. to like you know run and jump and all that stuff when you're ninety, then then yeah, it, it, then you should be a little bit more conscious of it. But I think what endurance events and even you know rowing and running and all of these sports. And people wanting to run marathons and just go and suffer and say they did it, um, I, I think that it, it's really people having um, internal or like mental. They want to put themselves in a stressful situation. Basically, yeah. they want to. They're trying to create a super stressful situation because maybe they're bored at you know with their work or they're bored. They just want something challenging, and so I totally respect that. I think you know. Where I differ from like uh, Kelly and Brian a little bit is I think movement and how you're moving really is a reflection of what's going on in your head, you know. So mm. it's like sure there's a right way to to squat um, or you know right way to run or row, but like if you aren't if you aren't wanting to change or you aren't I mean you're repeating something over and over again. Um, and you're feeling pain and ignoring it, that's, that's something deeper. Yeah. Like that's just not ignore, that's just not like being tough or something that you're, you're literally, you have something going on a little bit deeper than just something physical. Yeah. Wow. Like, that's what I, I thought about that. Yeah. That like way. If, yeah. if I like tweak my back or something and I'm, and I'm, you know, lifting weights and it's like, whereas, you know, back when I was practicing uh, football and at college and not, uh, not playing Rick, I didn't say playing. I said <laughs> back when you were practicing, sitting on that bench and making sure it doesn't fly up out of the Yeah, game. shut hey, up. It counts. Yeah, it counts. Shut up. Um, you know, like if I hurt my back or something in a game or if I had a little tweak in my knee, like you just keep going. But now it's like, I always say to myself, like, I'm not, I'm not entering like a powerlifting competition. I'm not training for the Olympics. I'll, I'm just going to take a week off. Like, you know, and just sort of understanding that it's like what you said, like if you're gonna like push through it anyway, for what reason? Like, well, like like I I was lifting uh, before work the other day, and uh, a friend of mine that I work with was like, "Yeah, what are you doing in there?" You know, like you know what exercise are you doing? And I was telling him, and I kind of do like a little bit of a circuit uh, because it's quicker, it's faster that way. I can get a whole workout in in like 20 minutes, and I don't have to worry about you know an hour in the gym. Right. And uh, he was like, you know, if you stop doing that circuit, you could probably lift some more weight. And I was like, you know, I'm not a power lifter. Like, yeah. I've found something that works for me because, like, I know what's a big key for me is it has to be obviously sustainable, something that I will do. And if Adherence. I'm spending an hour in the gym three days a week, I'm not going to keep doing that. After, like, a month, I'll be like, gee, I'm going to find reasons not to make it to the gym. But if I'm lifting a couple of times a week, 20 minutes a pop, uh, I'm not going to find reasons not to go do that. And so, yeah, he's right. If I, uh, you know, uh, did each lift individually and didn't circuit them all together and I spent a little bit more more time, yeah, I could probably push up some more weight. 
But like, is that really what I'm looking for? I'm not a power lifter. I'm not, I, I, that's not what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for health and longevity. Yeah. I like the, uh, totally. the, the three eyes when you're, when you're looking for some sort of a movement practice and it is like uh, individualization. So it's, you know, if you're not training for the CrossFit games, you know, maybe not training like a CrossFit games athlete. So it's individualized to your goals. It's intense. Okay right? It's intense. It needs to be, it does, it's not just, you know, walking is good. We need to walk. That's the foundation of the movement, right? But right. if we need to, you know, we're going to advance and, and get that physical adaptation. We need some intensity. And then the third one is, I like it. And that, that, that yeah. idea that you will adhere to whatever it is. If, if adherence isn't part of the program, there is no program. Mm-hmm. So, totally agree. so Aaron, what are like, what are some of the most important things And I, we're running up on time here and we have to ask, we'll ambush you with one question that we ask all of our first time guests in a minute. Um, but like, just, you know, I guess as a, as a final thought here, like what are, what are some of the most important things for people to understand when they are looking for a movement practice, um, a sustainable movement practice? What are, what are some of the most important factors to weigh in? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really about what you are looking for. So I, I again, I think you, you know, do need to earn the right to do longer distance um, things, you know, and especially if you, if you, if health is your goal. But if health isn't your goal, yeah. then, do whatever you then want. go for it. <laughs> right, then right. go for it, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not here to tell you you're doing something wrong. I'm just here to say, like, well, that's not a longevity or right. health practice. Yeah, it's like um, as long as you know the difference, as long as you know that you're walking across unco- you know, a, a busy street and not waiting for the crosswalk, if you know that and you still want right. to do it, then go for it. Like, no yeah. one's saying not to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, for those that do want the health and longevity, which is, you know, the long-term game is, is really where it's at. And um, I, I think it is like you, I like those three eyes. I actually wrote them down. Oh, sweet. And, and it's something, you know, something that you can adhere to. And it's something that I'm struggling with right now, um, you know, not competing and to actually work out to make myself feel better. Um, rather than, you know, to having to you know, push yourself and like beat the compete time against someone and, else. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It was all, I mean, and, and there's different things that drive people, but for me, that was a fundamental thing. I really like to win and, you know, I hate to say it, but beat people. Yes. <laughs> um, with your fists. That what, that's <laughs> what, is what, what drove me. And it's, it's been a huge struggle to, to stop that. And, and Brian calls it my, um, my, I go red oh, <laughs> whenever I start working out um, and I just don't feel anything. I don't see anything and I just go, um, which it was a huge asset, obviously, yeah. um, in the, you know, my professional career. But, you know, as far as health and longevity, it's not such a great thing to have. Right. And I think it's, it's really about feeling. Um, can you, does it feel right? Does it feel bad? You know, and, and I think having that curiosity of trying out different things, it's like, okay, I'm going to go do, you know, these step aerobics. But if you like, aren't feeling good after it, then go try something else, you know, um, or go do CrossFit. But if you aren't feeling well after it, or your body starts to tell you, like, listen to the pain, rather than the pain being, uh, you know, what you're looking for. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all good stuff. And I will say, right before I ask you this final question, uh, the reason that you were on the show, the reason that Brian McKenzie's on the show is the wonderful, as I in- introduced her when she was on the show, the greatest human on earth, Jenny LeBaugh. Um, so just sh- shout she, out. She definitely has that title. Yeah. So shout, too. yeah, shout out to Jenny. And I, I saw so she's posted on Instagram. Speaking of like the competition, you know, she has this neck injury and she's not competing. Well, like she watched, I guess the the California regionals or whatever it was. And like, she posted this picture of her doing this like, clean and jerk. And she's like, Oh, you could just tell she's really itching to, to compete again, which would be kind of cool. If she, she attempts to come back or something, well, you know, but safely. And we don't want her to get injured. Um, yeah. Regardless. Yeah. I mean, like just the things that she does, she's a great human being. And I think she struggles with it a lot because she, she is such a great competitor, yeah. but Again, and, you know, going and running 500 miles and obviously (laughs) she's like doesn't have that, you know, pain threshold that that most humans have. Um, But, you know, and I think it's it's the same journey for her. Like, can I work out for enjoyment and for health and and not not just for uh, competing? Yeah, definitely. That has to be a very, very difficult transition. I mean, it really does because – I would think like when you're in the middle of doing something physical, like that bre- that switch in your brain automatically flips into, yeah. you know, basically, you know, kind of like search and destroy mode, like destroy competition. You can't. It's probably very, very difficult to just say, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit stressed out. I didn't get some good sleep last night. I'm just gonna get like a real light lift in and 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 kind of relax today. Like it's probably, I don't know. I, I, until we started doing this podcast and talking to people like you and Brian and Jenny and people like that. Like, I guess I didn't really understand that all the way, but man, that's, your brain gets wired in that manner, like you're talking about. And that has to be a very difficult transition. Yeah. It's, it's gnarly. I mean, there's, um, actually a teammate of mine that was working for, um, the vets, um, the, the U S, uh, what do you call it? Veterans affairs. Veterans affairs. Yes. Thank you. And, um, after the Olympics, she, you know, when she's like, I just feel funky some days, you know, and I, I just can't get out of bed and like, I don't even know what's going on. And like, and she went and got a PTSD screen and they're hmm. like, uh, without a doubt, oh my gosh. have P- PTSD. And so she's like, if it's, if I, and I don't even feel like that horrible. Like if it's, if it's just me and she's like one of the happiest people I know. Um, she's like, this must be happening to a lot of other athletes too. Yeah. Well, I will say like on a much smaller scale, like when I, when I was transitioning out of this long period where I was doing a lot of endurance stuff and every, every workout is timed, every workout is you're trying to beat the next, your last time. And it's just Uh like, it it is like, it's hard, but it's also like, there's, is this huge load off to not have to to do that, you know, a lot. So there is, you know, for anybody that's, that's been addicted to exercise or something, there is, there is something good in that and that you kind of feel like you're on vacation sometimes. Yeah. Well, Mark, I know, I know, Mark, I know we're running out of time, but something that I wanted to touch on, I am of the three people in this conversation. I've never been a competitive athlete. I played hockey at a kind of a marginal level in high school, but never any idea that, you know, competing at, at a high level of anything. My understanding, like how I've been working out my whole life until, you know, the last couple of years I've been attuned to this is you kind of like just your regular weekend warrior type guy 
that uh, you know plays in a beer league softball game, when he's working out, he thinks that he has to go with the intensity right. that an Olympic gold medalist will go at, or that a college athlete, a college football player will go at. And that's where a lot of us are getting it wrong, because if you are not a an elite level athlete, you don't need to train like an elite level athlete because your body is not your body is not built to run hundred mile races. Your body is not built to be take the rigors of what you know whatever sport you want to name football, especially uh, hockey, a sport that I love. Uh, you know that's not what your 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 body is designed to do. When you're an elite level athlete, you are taking the canvas and you're basically repainting over it, uh, you know, trying to to figure that stuff out. But like those of us who I'm assuming this is going to be 99% of the podcast. Listen, if you're struggling in in like, you know, I I go to the gym and it's just, it's miserable and stuff like that. Maybe you're training too hard. Maybe if you're doing what you've always been doing, trying to like, yeah, I got to keep my intensity level super high in the gym and all competitive. And it's just, maybe you're getting worn out because you're going at it too hard because you're not an elite athlete. Well, and it goes back to that fundamental thing you know it, it it's earned it's not right. like you know someone just goes in you know an elite athlete goes in even you know brian's favorite example is um who was it uh meb not yeah. meb king, um, king nebuchadnezzar um, yes mark king one nebuchadnezzar of the, one of the, the guys that, uh, who who keeps on run, winning the uh olympic marathon i don't know why he's uh, uh, uh ryan he's uh mine right now but basically he ryan he something? Went out and he, you know, got really good at 10Ks, and then he got really yeah, we good actually, at 20Ks. He, he, we talked about that you know. last week. Yeah, he he. he yeah, uh, we talked about him. Ryan, um, Ryan something. I can't. Oh, that's that. Ryan Hall. No, but no, he, he it, yeah, he. Um, but that was it. Like, yeah. there's this crazy thing called your central nervous system, <laughs> and when you fry it out, <laughs> it's fried. Yeah, like, you're fried. Like yeah. you, you, and and honestly, the past four years, it's. It's been me trying to get back to health, and it's like I see so many of my teammates being. And it would have been so easy to go back to training again for another um, four years for me, but I just am like I am so unhealthy. <laughs> like I feel my adrenals just they're they're effed up, and you know my central nervous system. And that's what you that's what happens when you put yourself in that fight and flight situation so many times, and why it's so similar to PTSD. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Aaron, we are running out of time. I'm going to ask you this question. What is something that you, and this doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we've talked about. What is one thing you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable and you can't say tandem indoor rowing? with? I was literally just going to cut you off. And you can't say rowing. You can't say rowing. I would have to say playing with my my dogs. (laughs) They're so stupid. What kind of dogs are they? They crack me up. And every time, like, I get too in my head, like, they're there to, like, either bark in my face or just, like, do something, you know. What kind of dogs? Insane. What kind of dogs are they? Um, a pit bull. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, she is the most loving Sweetest animal. dog on the planet, yes. Oh, my gosh. And I know it's, like, everybody, everybody's like, yeah, right, yeah, right. No. She would kill her, but she is... <laughs> literally the most loving animal yeah. I've ever met. And then I um, picked up a, uh, mm-hmm. a pound puppy one time when Brian was traveling. He was traveling a lot um, right after the Olympics. And so I was like, I'm going to get another dog. I need a friend. So. <laughs> well, what kind of, was that just like a mutt or what is it like? He's, uh, well, he's has some American bulldog, but he's mostly uh, 
pointer hunting dog, and he keeps on growing taller and taller. Ooh. They think he's like a he's Catahoula tall. leopard dog from they they bred him in wow. uh, Louisiana to go through the swamps, hmm. but. You he's, take him. he's like 90 pounds now. Wow. And, you, yeah, you take him into the vet, and they're like, yeah, this is a moose. Um, this is not yeah. a dog. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a, you have a dire wolf. Yeah. I was hoping that you would say that. Oh, yes. He is my dire wolf. Awesome. Oh, well, Aaron, I really appreciate your time. Where can people find you? Do you want people to find you? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I kind of want to stay mysterious. Yeah. Um, no, you know, I, I really do want to do a better job of, of – you know, dispelling the myth of rowing and, and getting it out there that, you know, the only, not the only way to get better is by <laughs> doing it over and over again, um, that there is a method to the madness. But, um, you know, I, I'm on Power Speed Endurance. Uh, that's the new brand that Brian and I started. And then um, I think all my handles are at Aaron Cafaro. Um, I kept the... Uh, well, I would too if I have one of gold medals, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I think you've uh, yeah you've earned that. You know, I'm a woman's liver also, but like especially hey, listen, I won these uh, gold medals when I had this name. This is my lucky name. I'm keeping it. <laughs> it is. It's like a stinky pair of socks, right? Ooh, yes, <laughs> I wear those daily. Um, awesome. Well, Aaron, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have to have Thanks, you back guys. on sometime. Thank you so much for your time. Right on. Thank you. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Erin. And uh, she did. I followed up with an email saying, hey, thanks. We had a lot of fun. And she did write back and say that she had fun talking to us. So I don't think we completely embarrassed ourselves with the two-time gold medalist. I think we're going to be okay here. Okay, good. That's my strategy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Just talk to people and don't embarrass myself too badly. Yeah. That's (laughs) step one. Um, Okay, so we're going to play a quick voicemail we got. Um, We had Superpower Talk. Was that last show or two shows ago? Um, So here's one. We got a a voicemail about Superpower. So here, listen. Hey, guys. It's Deb from California. Hey, I was listening to you talking about Superpowers, and I have two. One... I can touch my nose with my tongue, and the other is I can wiggle my ears. Okay. Superpowers or not? Okay, I, I'll give the wiggle of the ears. I can, um, I can do both of those things. I feel like nose to tongue, though, like that just means you have a long tongue. Oh, talk slower. Hmm. Okay. okay. If you have, uh, I'd like to open this up to all humans. Five three zero forty two human is our phone number. Very good. Uh, if you have a mundane superpower, <laughs> like I feel like my ability to correctly estimate a tablespoon of dried uh, material, I feel like that is uh, that's the consummate superpower thus far. So if you have something like that, <laughs> like your, uh, I don't know, like uh, what's another good one, like. Uh, Oh, oh I, I like the one about how you can, when you're running, you can time your steps and, and yeah, that was a good one. Calculate minuscule calculations to make sure you never have to take an, an awkward step over a puddle like, like or over something. Like a, you see, like you're running down the sidewalk and you see like, you know, a hundred feet in front of you, there's like a, a pothole or like a puddle of water. You're able to precisely calculate your steps to the point where yeah. like you run right over the top of it <laughs> instead of having to like chop your steps when you get to it yeah. to avoid it. That was one that we've heard before. So, if you have a uh, if you have a superpower, uh, leave us a voicemail five three zero forty two human, uh, and we will compile a few of those and uh, and put those on the air. Super more superpower talk. All right, it is now time for the humans being humans segment, and we had Stephanie on uh, several months ago, last sometime last year, and she told a very awkward, funny story, uh, and now she has this one that she's going to tell now. Here she is, Stephanie from Canada. 
All right, Stephanie, you emailed us uh, a few weeks ago with, I think I read the email on the air, and it was you, like... You talked about the figure up the butt, because you were showing it to your brother, I believe? Yeah, something like that, and, and I was sure like... That's the kind of emails, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, you have another story for us. Yeah, it's not as weird. Well, it is different. It's not as funny, I guess, but it's... Anyway, you'll, like, you'll see. It doesn't involve a doctor sticking his finger up my butt. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, um, then I'm out yeah. of here. See you guys later. <laughs> Should I go? Yeah, so I, that's it. Yeah. We're, Rick's gone, so he doesn't want to hear it if it's not a, a finger up the okay. butt story. So No, just kidding. Just kidding. I Let's go. Put it. Put it. You know, I can insert it somewhere. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. That's what she said. Pun intended. Yes. <laughs> I don't think... She said that. I don't think it was he, but that's we're getting bogged down here. Yeah. Somebody said it, okay? Yeah. Somebody said it to somebody. <laughs> so should I just start the story? Do it. Okay. So I since I was a kid, I'm not not lately, but I had uh, growing up a lot of night terrors. So I would have nightmares, um, always recurring nightmares. And when I wake up, even as a kid, I wouldn't really, I would, I'd be awake, but I wouldn't see the people in front of me. So I would still be in the oh dream gosh. in my head. So I would be afraid of everybody because I would freak out and think they're the monsters I had just seen in the dream. So it could take me up to five minutes to actually really wake up and realize where I was. And so this continued until uh, adulthood, uh, not as frequent, but still I had a few. And uh, so I was uh, with my ex-husband. We were, we had went gone to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night, terrified. Um, I can't remember what I dream, dreamed of. And I can't remember, even at the time I didn't remember. I, all I knew is I was terrified. Yeah. Uh, so I turned on the light, try to get myself to feel better, but I'm still kind of in that dream mentality. Uh, and I'm looking at my ex, um, who it was, uh, Japanese. Uh, so problem of communication from the start, but, um, <laughs> so he's asleep. Uh, I try to wake him up. He's not really budging. So I, I tried to go back to sleep. I turn off the light, but I'm very terrified. So wait, had you murdered I, him in your sleep and that's why he wasn't I did. moving? No, <laughs> I'm actually calling you from a Montreal prison. Yeah, this is not a funny story. Yeah. <laughs> this is the call you get for the month. <laughs> yeah, I am glad because I have so many books to read. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um so so yay um yeah so so i i wake him up finally he wakes up and he just stares at me um i, I won't say his real name so let's say his name was ken so i i'm like ken 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 he just stares at me with his eyes open and he's not even blinking oh my gosh. so i'm starting to freak out I'm here because so it's the middle of the night the, the light is not that bright and i'm, I'm terrified and so in Japanese, um, he tells me, this is not Ken. Oh, my. Ken is dead. Oh, my gosh. And so I start screaming on the top of my lungs. And I remember actually breathing in mid-scream to take an... To, br- to scream again, basically. So I'm I went, terrified. Ah! Oh, hang on. I'm running out of air. Hang on just a second. Scream. Yeah. <gasps> and back to screaming. Okay. I'm terrified. Like, like in... Like in, um, you know, comics and stuff. So um, I freak out. I freak like for about 10 minutes. He finally wakes up, realized he thought he told me later. Oh, I thought you were joking. No, I'm, I'm freaking terrified. Oh my God. So it stayed there. I, I went back to sleep. I, I have no idea what I dreamed of, but 
eventually it became a rule that if I woke up in the middle of the night, don't stare at me in the eyes. But uh, <laughs> look at me. Rule number, just, rule number one is yeah. don't talk about Fight Club. Rule number two is don't look at you in the eyes when you wake up because <laughs> don't you freak the f out. Don't look at me. <laughs> Um, but what happens is that we used an, we used to live in a, a triplex. So we were in the basement suite. There was the owner in the middle. And there was um, on the top was a friend of mine who, with whom we used to do. Um, we shared the apartment and then we moved to the, the unit downstairs. And so she she calls me the next day and she's like, yeah, did you hear anything last night? And I'm like, uh, not sure what she's talking about. Um, I'm like, well, what are you, no, what? She's like, yeah, Bernard who was the owner living in the the middle unit? He said he heard of women getting like killed or oh attacked, gosh. and he he called the cops. So basically, I screamed so loud that <laughs> he heard me and thought somebody was in distress outside, and the cops came in the middle of the night. But oh by then, I was probably gosh. sleeping. <laughs> well, hey, no, this is like a serious deal. Like, uh, I I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but I read an article once. That, and Rick, I think I did mention it. There was a guy. Oh, Mark Rogers reading an article. Here we go, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a guy who was like camping with his wife, and they were like in a uh, just like one of those fifth wheels, you know? Like it was just him and his yeah. wife. They got in the trailer, and the, and he wakes up, and there is someone breaking into his fifth wheel and is like attacking his wife. Oh, and shit. and he's like and he freaks out and he and he kills the person. Oh wow. Only to to like realize that he has just killed his wife and there was no one breaking in the camper. And so this article was about whether or not this guy should be tried tried for murder or did you know oh, did God. he not know I mean, can you imagine like waking up and realizing oh my, I just murdered my wife. Like and I had oh. no idea that I, I did. Yeah, I can't imagine what that feels like. Yeah, Rick's probably like, oh, I murdered my wife. Oh, no. oh <laughs> my god, it, it I murdered my wife! And he's like super excited. <laughs> what when I first became a policeman, like they scare you pretty substantially in training, especially if you know you're just walked in off, you know, you off the street, you have no training, like in the military or anything like that. They're like, death is coming for you behind every corner, so you got to be ready to be nice to everybody you talk to. And have a plan to kill him too if you need to. <laughs> oh, wow. And so, like, the That's first. That's just my probably, daily life. The first probably, like, year or so that I was a policeman, like, I would have these dreams where, like, people would just be, like, piling on me and just attacking the crap out of me. And I guess, like, there are three or four times, nothing ever major happened, but, like, my wife would be like, yeah, I. You were having some kind of nightmare, so I tried to wake you up, and you woke up just flailing around, throwing punches <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like, hmm. Oh, that's good. Well, okay. I think this job is not good for my brain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll do it for 10 more years. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah, It'll work go. itself out eventually. Used to it. Yeah. Well, really, I have to do it because of the free coffee. If I had to pay for all the Starbucks that I drink, man, I would be just not in a good position. Well, so. Ken is lucky that like he is like messing with you. Like, oh, this isn't Ken. Ken is dead. That you didn't just like yeah. stab him in, until he was dead. In the face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he he used to be in the the Japanese military, so he would, you know, have probably taken over very quickly. (laughs) I don't think I would achieve anything. Yeah, but he's my ex-husband for one of and this is one of those reasons. (laughs) Yeah. That he was a terrible prankster. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, in the moment of distress. Man, yeah, see, I, I was like that as a little kid. Like if if my, my parents knew that if they needed to like wake me up to like I don't know, take my temperature or something or do something like in the middle of the night. They just knew that I was going to wake up and be like, 
they like grab out for them and like freak out. And so my wife has learned that if I fall asleep, like on the couch or on the floor of the living room, she just leaves me because she's tr- she tried for the first few years of our marriage to like she would try to wake me up and I would just be like it like just like totally like freak out that she would be screaming and I would be screaming so she's just she just like puts a blanket on me and and I have a sleep question while we're just devolving into sleep talk yeah. here so like uh you know both of you there's a question for both of you so say that like your significant other like you need to wake them up for some reason like some mundane reason like hey uh, you told me to wake you up at 10 a.m. or something. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. How generally do you wake them up? Like, what's your process for like going and waking them up? It's not the middle of the night. Right. We're not like, having a fire or anything like that. It's just one of those. Yeah, you told me to wake you up when I was leaving or something like that. How do you do this, Mark? Uh, I make a, a noise. My dad used to do this to us. Like he would come. Are you being in. serious? Yeah. My dad. Okay. My dad would come in to us and he would go. I guess this is what his dad did to him. He would make this noise and I'll never forget it because I hated it. And I wanted this noise to be to go to hell. He would go. Like that noise, if I hear that noise, I'm just like, someone kill. It. So I'll, I'll, I'll do a similar noise like that. To, God, you're a weirdo. You're such a psychopath. <laughs> Stephanie, how do you? How would you wake someone up like uh, in that particular circumstance? Um, he's, if my boyfriend's sleeping in the bedroom and the door's closed, I'll just make sure that when I open the door, it's a bit more loud. Right. And I'll, I usually just like kind of climb on the bed and give him a kiss. Oh. Um, but uh, if he's sleeping, if he's sleeping on the couch, I, I don't, I'm not really nice knowing that I would probably be upset, but I shake him. I'll be, Hey, okay. Well, that's been my face. question. Like Wait. how other, how other people do this because my wife pretty regularly, especially on my days does off. She, does she just like, take all her clothes off and slide into bed next to you? Yeah, that's how we do it. Like I'll tell her like, <laughs> Hey, uh, let me sleep as long as possible. It's my day off. But like, wake me up before you leave. And wake me instead up of like, before you go, go. <laughs> I feel like a normal person would come over and like, I don't know, like I don't need to be like gently caressed, but like a right. soft like hey, kind of, hey, hey, Rick, hey I'm leaving. Rick. Hey, it's time to wake up. But I'm not getting you. She'll just pop in the room and literally just loud as she can <laughs> be like, you get out your bleeping tool. She'll be like, get the f*** up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God. And I like jump up in the middle of the bed. It's like, what's happening? What's happening? And she's like, you told me to wake you up when I left. I'm like. Oh my God! Can you stop waking me up like that? Yeah. Like just standing on one end of the room and shouting. She's like, "Dude, I don't have time for this. I have to go." And I'm like, but "How long? Yeah, you guys doing? have been have been together for a while, right? You've been married eleven for what? years. Yeah, years. Yeah. I mean, and we've been together for three years. Yeah. So you're still in the sweet like mode of it. Yes. My wife, I guess, like, and we don't have kids, so I guess we're we're still pretty. And then and then it it eventually uh, devolves into my grandma I used to wake my granddad up like that. She would literally. Go get like two frying pans and like <laughs> and go and like that was kind of like a running thing they had, you know. Like he did it to her once, or like he would get like a wooden spoon and like a big pot and go in there and just be like, bah, 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 <laughs> like right in her face. <laughs> so that's what we all have to look forward to, maybe. Your family is insane. Right, I yeah. Know. When I when I was a teenager, I slept so so um, I guess deeply and soundly that my dad um, actually threatened to put a pot. In my room with, you know, these uh, these alarm clocks with the little bells on the top that go. Yeah. It's like I'm going to put the the, the 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 alarm clock in the pot and I'm going to oh. leave it on your, your nightstand so you wake up. Gosh. <laughs> you never did it, though. Yeah. I was lucky. My, one of the biggest fights my brother and I ever got in, Rick, Jeff, 
mm-hmm. was he he's like the longest sleeper. He's just the most lazy, like never gets up. He would always oversleep and make us late and stuff. So one day I went in there and I just like he wouldn't wake up and I just went in there like I got his sheets and his blanket and I just like ripped them off of him. <laughs> And man, he came out of that bed like a tornado with teeth and and hair and nails, and we just like scrapped like crazy. It was awesome. But mm. we always talk about that. Mm. Well, mm, tell mom and dad I love them. All right. Well, um, Stephanie, we are out of time. Thank you so awesome. much for terrifying sleep talk, and hopefully, we will hear from you again soon. For sure. I'm probably on Facebook anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. If you have a humans being human segment. Email us at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. Email Rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. Or call us at 530. That's not a number. 530 human or you can tweet us, or you can Facebook. There's, you can get a t- in touch with us in a variety of ways. So don't let. Uh, that's not your excuse for not doing this. Don't, don't turn into Mark during episode one and uh, not call us. Okay, it is now time for the simple tip of the week. Something you can start doing today to become a healthy human, and this is based off an article out of Men's Health. It is not well. I can't say that uh, because she's. I'm gonna make your penis enlarged in four simple steps. <laughs> Basically, bro, that's what all the men's health ones are. Okay, so this one is. I mean, this you read the headline and you're thinking, oh, cool, and then you like, we'll get, you just see what I'm talking about. So it's the headline is new study. Exercise can prevent these 13 kinds of cancer, and you're like, whoa, cool. That's that's a cool headline. So it says the subtitle subheadline is breaking a sweat may make you less likely to develop the big C, the C word. What is the C word? That's um, one that I use all the time that I've never managed to use on this show. I can't believe. It. Oh, cancer. Oh, <laughs> they mean. Oh, they're talking about cancer. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's talking about the research study. 1.44 million participants over an average of 11 years. Uh, people with the highest levels of physical activity were 7% less likely, less likely to develop any kind of cancer than those who exercised the least. Then there's this infographic. And it says, like, this is guy, like, doing an overhead press. And it's, like, 17% lower risk of uh, myeloma. 16% lower risk of colon cancer. 13% lower risk of bladder cancer. I'm like... I want a little. I want a little higher numbers than that, you know. Like yeah, when you said seven percent chance, I was like, oh well. Yeah. Thanks. All right, I might as well not work out. There. <laughs> right. it's, it's like a three percent increase in yeah. Uh, yeah. But there, it, it does seven percent is a good percent. Yeah. Like well, it on. does, and it's you know forty two percent lower risk of esophageal cancer, twenty seven percent lower risk of liver cancer. So there are some larger numbers. I imagine in there. some of those like like liver cancer, you're more likely to develop that if you're like a hardcore drinker. Well, if you also like exercise regularly, you're less likely probably to be an alcoholic. Yeah. Same thing with like esophageal right. cancer. You're less likely to smoke if you're probably a super workout man. So Right. So there's two two tips. The headline uh, should have said, exercise is good for you. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, that, and that's kind of like where I was going. So like the two tips are, the first one is, don't get too hung up on these kind of studies that talk about lowering or raising a percentage because, you know, you really have to dig deep to find out is that percentage an absolute or a relative risk, which we've talked about before on the show. They're almost all relative risks yeah. because they're all intertwined with like your overall general lifestyle. Yeah. And and so and, and and whether or not they well, we just just be careful when you read studies like that. And and but but the second tip is we do know that exercise and movement 
is positive and we are designed to move. So find a, and we talked about Aaron with this, find a, a plan, a program that you like and that you will stick with and you will adhere to. That's what we, I know for sure we talked about Aaron with that. It's been a couple of days since we talked to her. I'm working right now with several people, some locally, some via the internet, you know, getting people on, on a program uh, and I can do that for you. Uh, if you want a month of programming, if you want to do a consult in a month of programming, all those details are on simplyhumanlifestyle.com slash store. Uh, and let me tell you very briefly, this is not what market means, that you will email him and you will say, hey, Mark, what should I do in the gym? And Mark emails you back three sets of five reps of this exercise, then three sets and five. Nope, that's absolutely not what he's going to do. What he's going to do with you is the same thing he did with me. And that's talk with me like, hey, uh, tell me about what you like to do in the gym. Tell me about what you don't like to do in the gym. Tell me what your goals are. Tell me what your time constraints are. Tell me what your schedule looks like. And he will come up with basically an individualized program that's going to fit into your life how you want it to. Because how I've always had problems, and we've talked a lot about this lately with uh, with Aaron, and I think we talked about it with Kate Galliette for next week, is that for so long I was trying to you know, basically rip one of those workouts out of men's health, uh, you know, just page for page and try to cram that square hole into the round peg of my life. And it never fit. And I stopped doing it after like three weeks. So about a, God, how long has both, this has been like probably 18 months ago, Mark and I sat down and he was like, Hey, listen, uh, we're not going to train you like a pro athlete. You're not going to spend, you know, seven hours a week in the gym and kill yourself over this and that. He's like, you're looking for an overall functionally healthy lifestyle so that's what we're going to give you so uh basically to uh, and i'm not going to pull the curtain back too much but part of the deal was that i could not with my my lifestyle i could not commit to spending more than honestly like an hour to an hour and 20 minutes per week in the gym the less the better yeah and so mark helped me come up with something well and it's also spending you know okay where are you working out okay it's the gym up at the police station what do they have in there Okay, that that right. like so, like if, if if like my situation is going to be different than you who uh, talk to Mark, and it's going to be different than somebody else, and somebody else, and somebody else. Mark isn't just you know opening up his spiral notebook of like one workout and photocopying it for you. He's going to get down to the basics with you and figure out something that's going to work well in your lifestyle. It's going to help you accomplish your goals. So we've we've been having an, an ongoing email back and forth with with the listener about this. So if if that's where you are. Mark can help you provide. Mark can help provide the expertise to figure out how that's going to work into your life. So, if you're on the fence, I would say go ahead and do it anyway because it's not a lot of money. It's less money you'll charge a personal trainer, and it's good, solid advice uh, and, and and it's good, solid tips that will help you for sure. There you go. Thank you for that commercial, Rick. Um, it's the absolute truth. Yeah. And I, I, honestly, like you know me, I wouldn't sit here and blow smoke up of these people's rear ends if uh, it wasn't true, but. Uh, I've stuck with this with the exception of a short time in my life where we were getting the house ready for selling. I really didn't have any time at all. Uh, I've stuck with this workout plan for longer than I've ever stuck with anything ever before. And it's, I've had good results off of it. Uh, and so that's how I know that's been my problem. My whole life has been sustainability. I pick out something that's something I can't sustain because I pick out something out of some bodybuilding magazine. Well, Mark helped me find something sustainable. So that's to me, that's the biggest issue. Uh, and Mark will help you get something that, that works well with you. So do it. Do yes. it now. I command, I command thee. Go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. You can click on the store page. You scroll down. You can see the, what the month of programming or consult. Or just email me if you have any questions. 
Um, that will all be great. Go to the Facebook page and like us. And Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, at Simply Human. 52. Rick is uh, at R Bentley, B E N T L E Y 3032. Do you know uh, why the number's 3032? Uh, I used to know this because that was your email for a long time, too. But, but It's been my email forever. It's my, at that point in time, it's my two favorite athletes. Number 30, Martin Bardour from the New Jersey Devils. And at that time, Jason Kidd wore 32 yeah. for the Phoenix Suns. So yes. That's why. I picked this out in like 1998. Yeah, well, it's funny, like. The uh, the password that I have on a lot of my stuff, not like my bank and stuff, but just like the the <laughs> non the non super important things, is the password that I came up when I was signing in, setting up my password for my my uh, college email account when I was a freshman, like the first day of freshman. I too have like the non-important password like for HBO Go and Netflix yeah. and stuff like yeah, that yeah, that yeah. I will never forget yeah. ever. And then I have my important password. Yeah, so well, and it's there. and it was something I was like I don't know, so I did a number. And then I looked up, and there was a, a junk food box sitting across the way, and I put that in, and that, that's been my password for, like, 20 years. All right, um, that is going to do it. Next time, we've got Kate Galliette. We talk about stress response, um, and uh, we have uh, a lot of cool guests coming up. Benny Wiley is going to be on the show. If you don't know who that is, he was the strength coach at Texas Tech for many years. He was the strength coach at Texas uh, for Mac Brown's last three years that he was in Texas. He is currently on the NBC show Strong, which uh, airs on NBC on Thursday nights in prime time. So if you don't know who Benny Wiley is, uh, go check him out. But I have a, a pretty close connection with Benny, and uh, we have become friends, and he is going to come on the show, and that's going to be really cool. He is the man. Um, so Did you guys get a room together or what? We, I wish. Sure, I wish. Now. If you Google Benny Wiley, uh, you will want to get a room with him. He is a beautiful man. And he is a childhood <laughs> friend of Marcus Luttrell, uh, the lone survivor guy. So craziness. All right. That is going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, yeah, well, okay. obviously, it's 6-9. Dang it! It's ninth, right? Dang it! Come on! <laughs> Mark, yep. you telegraphed that from like a mile away. <laughs> uh. Hey, Rick, pick a two-digit number, okay? Yes. <laughs> Been picking the same one for 30 years. So until next time, enjoy yourself.